Welcome to the Connect Community Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. We're so glad to have you with us today. If you're ever in our area, come see us in person. We hope today's message inspires you and helps you live better. I'm going to call my beautiful wife to share a message. Will you welcome Alini, Pastor Alini Miller. I'm still walking, not wobbling yet. I'm working really hard, guys, <laughs> to, do, to not do the side thing. If you're wondering, yes, I'm 31 days away, and yes, I'm counting. 31 days away from a scheduled, hoping he will come earlier. So if you want to join me in that prayer of get out of her belly, that's what I'm calling it. <laughs> that's the title of the prayer, get out of her belly. Time's up. Anyway, it is always an honor to be here with you guys. And uh, yes, we pray a lot in this place. So we're going to pray again because we need God to speak to us, right? Anybody can uh, deliver a message. It is the Holy Spirit and it is the Spirit of God who changes us. And that's the point, right? That's the point. The point is that his presence, his word, his, um, the life of Jesus would come into us. And that we would live more like Jesus. That's the point of all of this. Right, so let's pray. God, I thank you that you are faithful and you're alive. What a wonderful thing it is to serve a God who is alive and active. We don't worship a statue. We don't worship a God who did once something. We worship a God who's still doing today. And I thank you, Jesus, that you're here to work in our minds, to work in our hearts this morning, to bring freedom, freedom into this room. God, I sense your presence bringing freedom into our our lives this morning. And I pray, Jesus, that you'd solidify that word in our hearts. I ask, God, that no weapon formed against your church would prosper. I ask, Jesus, that nothing, nothing would hold, no chains would hold your people back from what you have for them. Thank you, God, for freedom of thought, for freedom of speech, for freedom of heart, for freedom to love. I thank you, God, that you are doing something that we can't even fathom yet, and we trust you for it. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this is our last, last segment of Philippians, the last part of Philippians. And I'm going to start with one question for you, and I really need you to think about this. If you had to put a dollar amount to your piece, what would it be? What is the cost of the piece that you carry? What, how much would you sell your piece for? I mean, think about it for a moment. The piece, you know, your daily, how important that is, what it means to you, how much would you sell it for? Would you exchange your piece for maybe a new home, a new house? I'll give you a piece of my piece. I could be stressed and frustrated a little bit, but if I get a new home, or would you sell your piece for a new job? Would you sell your piece, that piece in here, day in and day out, for a new relationship? Would you sell it for fame? You know what? I don't need peace that much. If I could just be known and famous, I'd be happy, and that would that, that's all that I need. Would you sell it for more money? You know, if I just make more money, I feel like that would actually bring me peace if I just had more money in my bank account. 
See, we don't like to think about peace this way, but we negotiate our peace every day. I mean, we actually negotiate it for much cheaper things than the things I listed. We trade our peace for a one-night stand. Um, we trade our peace for a bingeful night of alcohol and whatever comes after you have taken on too much. We trade our peace for a social media post. All, everything was great, and then you scroll, and all of a sudden, we call it being triggered. But really, we chose to go in there, flip, and then get frustrated and annoyed. Right? We trade it. We prefer sometimes to win a fight, to be right, than to guard that peace in our heart and not engage. Sometimes we give it away to stress, we give it away to worry, we give it away to anything, really. We make it a cheap thing in our life. See, this past Monday was two days prior to the end of the school year for, my, for our school district. And if you recall, in another school district in Texas, two days away from the end of the school year, something terrible happened. There was a shooting. And I woke up that morning, I'm going to be honest, it was, I was so worried. I was worried about everything, and I couldn't figure out why I was worried. Out of nowhere, I woke up with these thoughts flooding my head. I was worried about them in the bus and that the bus driver was going to drive away with my kids. I was worried that they weren't going to make it to school. I was worried that somebody was going to come into their school. I was worried that my daughter, who was supposed to have a play date after school, was never going to get picked up. I mean, that day, there was a flood of worries in my head. And I thought, where is this coming from? I mean, I'm not one prone to worry. I'm not one that, you know, just worries about everything and is always concerned about what's going on, at, you know, with their kids. I'm not. But then this week, as I was studying Philippians 4, it finally clicked for me. It clicked. It clicked that peace is how we live on earth as it is in heaven. You know what? We, we pray, you know, the, the, the prayer that Jesus taught, uh, taught us, that it be on earth as it is in heaven. Peace is it. Peace is how we live on earth as it is in heaven. We see this. We see this in Luke 2.14. When Jesus is born, the angel announced, Glory to God in the highest. And peace on earth to those whom he is pleased. When Jesus came to earth, when he was born, peace was announced. Peace came to earth that day. Now, peace is made available to all whom please the Lord. Living in peace is heaven brought to earth. Think about your day-to-day. -day. Think about... Everything that you do on a daily basis. Is there anything more treasured than peace? Than to able to put your head in the pillow at night and actually sleep in peace. In all my search, I mean in everything, everything that we hear these days about mental health and talks and books and podcasts. And, we, and all the things we talk about self-care and all the rest and the seeking and meditation and all these things that we talk about. It's all a search for inner peace. 
All of this thing, all the stuff that we say that we must do, I have to watch out and guard my energy. Really what people are saying is I need to live in peace. I'm seeking to live in peace. In the book of the Philippians, as J.D. mentioned last week, we are on a journey. Chapter 1, Paul invited us to walk like Christ walked. In chapter 2, Paul invited us to suffer like Christ suffered. In chapter 3, he called us to rise like Christ. And now in chapter 4, as we will see today, he is calling us to bring heaven to earth. So in Philippians 4, Paul is teaching us how, the how to access this peace and how to bring it to earth. We're going to start chapter 4. We're going to pick up at verse 6. He does some greetings. He tells two ladies to stop fighting and get along. <laughs> and then he, he starts to tell us, you know, he says in verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. When was the last time you can remember that you stopped a train of thought and replaced it with gratitude? When was the last time that you can remember that you did this? It's exactly what Paul said. Don't worry. Stop the train. Pray about it. Tell God what you need and then just start thanking him. Right? Or... When was the last time, let's say, that you did, like myself, you woke up full of anxiety, carrying the weight of all the things that can happen because that's what anxiety is. It's not what's actually happening. It's what can happen. And you said, wait, 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 wait. Where are these thoughts coming from? Or you just had a fight with your spouse, and now you're worried that he or she will start doing dumb stuff that, like, you, do, you know, it's going to damage our relationship. What are you doing? Where did you go? Who are you with? Or maybe you're worrying about your financial status. But you worry so much and you let your mind kind of roll so far that at night you can't even sleep because tomorrow you're not going to be able to buy, pay, do whatever it is that you need to do. But for some of us who have kids in the room, this is classic. Our kids have like a cough. Oh, my God, they have cancer. Right? We do this. We, we catastrophize. This, this happens to us a lot. Or, you know, sadly, many of us are still kind of trapped in, in this COVID mentality. And we're still, we still haven't left the house. And I understand it's tough. See, I want to tell you. There are, all of, a, all of these things are concerns, and they're natural, and there are measures. There's a measure of wisdom for which we deal with concerns, okay? Concerns are our way of measuring the outcome and then making a wise decision. So we all have concerns, and we're all going to deal, and that's never going to go away. You're never going to live, YOLO, live once, I do, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> no. Right? There is a measure in which we ought to um, be concerned and act, and act proactively. As a mother, I teach my kids to wear a sweater when it's cold out there because I don't want them to get a cold. Right? As a mother, I tell them to put on a seatbelt because I don't want them flying out of the car, wink, wink, in case um, 
we are on somewhere and we hit a bump or somebody hits us or whatever, right? As a mother, I do that. But what do I not do? I do not let myself panic, lock them in the house, and we are going nowhere because you could either catch a cold or somebody's going to hit us. There's two different things. There's concern in which we act accordingly, and then there is anxiety. See, in these many, many years that I've walked with God, I've had to learn in how to, how to deal with these worries, with these thoughts, with these concerns, right? The concerns that turn into worries or these thoughts that come in overwhelmingly because the Bible teaches us that the enemy is out there roaring like a lion, right? So what is he doing? He's sending arrows. All day long, he's sending you thoughts. All day long, he's sending you, and they're not good thoughts, all day long, he's sending you in arrows of worry and stress and things for you to panic about and things for you to freak out about and all day long. And so as a mom, you know, these seem to intensify for some reason. And a few, I had to tell you, a few months ago, my daughter, Maya, was going to Brazil with my husband. And there was a few nights that I started to semi-panic. Like, Something in me, in one of those nights, I told my husband, I was like, I don't think I can let her go. I don't think I can actually let her go. Like, I, she's going to get kidnapped. <laughs> like, I don't know who she's going. I don't know if she's going to be able to handle it. This is a new country for her. She's never seen it. She doesn't know people. I know she's with you, but who, who are we kidding? You're not going to take care of her like me. <laughs> you know, like, I was starting to have this, like, moment. And I had prayed, and I couldn't figure out what, you know, what was going on. And I'm like, God. And so I honestly, I went to the feet of God, and I said, God, here's what I'm worried about. Laid it out. I laid it out to him. All the ridiculousness, because here's what you will learn. And you learn this in therapy. The way to overcome anxiety is to expose it. The way to overcome these fears that get trapped in our heads, the darkness that tries to get trapped in our heart is to expose it. It's to bring it to light. Every therapist will tell you, write them down. Write it down. Get it off of, you know, bring it into light. And the light shatters the darkness. Does the Bible say? There's nothing that God has not already put and taught us ahead of time. Right? So that's what I did. I just came out and I said, God, I'm afraid of this, 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 and this. And then I went to JD, and I was like, well, what am I actually afraid of? This, this, and this. Then I called my sister-in-law, who's in Brazil, and I said, hey, Brazilla, I'm afraid of this, this, and this. Exposed all of it. I just brought it all into the light, and all of a sudden that fear began to dissipate. Why? Because the enemy likes to work in the darkness, and the light does what drives away the darkness right and so when worry is trying to creep in Paul is teaching us a it's a secret that's not a secret hey get it out of you get it out of your head the more you let that thing you know the more you mold that over the more you dwell on the thoughts the more you allow the train to go into station after station after station the deeper you will go into darkness the more anxious you will become and the, and from there depressed and the list goes on right and he's teaching us don't do that 
Bring your cares, bring your worries into the presence of God. Bring it to light. And then, then you will experience God's peace, verse 7. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. Do you see? The secret is not to let it stay trapped inside. The secret is you get it out of you. You give it to the Lord. You talk to a friend after. I'm adding that part because as a therapist, I know that's helpful. <laughs> but you bring it to God. You get it out of you. And then the peace of God will guard your heart. And it will guard your mind. Peace is the presence of heaven on earth. It is available to us. It is the presence of heaven on earth. And prayer ushers in the peace to our heart. Now, Paul teaches, teaches us something else a little further down in, that, in this chapter. In verse 8, he says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about that. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. This. This is awesome because this is how we were meant to live. Remember, Jesus came. He was called what? Emmanuel. What does that mean? God with us. Right? We were never meant to walk alone. We were never designed. From beginning, from design, we were meant to walk with God every day. From Adam and Eve, we can go back to Genesis. We were meant to live and walk with God. Consider for a moment what the presence of God every day active walking with you in your life would do to your day-to-day. Consider for a moment how you would behave or how you would respond if you knew that the all-powerful, almighty, all-omnipresent God was next to you as you did every interaction, if you did every business meeting, as you went to every class, if you interacted with every friend. Consider how that would change as you're making a social media post. How would that change how you interact? If God were really with you at every step of the way. And that's the good news of the gospel. That's what we lost. We lost walking with God every day. And then that's what Jesus came to restore. When God sent Jesus to earth, God, Jesus is now with us. And then when Jesus ascended, he sent who? The Holy Spirit, who is now with us this third person this holy spirit is actually walking with us every day the friend the counselor the guide the advocate the one who cares the one who is close to the brokenhearted the one who is able to guide you in every step he is actually with us and then if the holy spirit is with us what is the fruit of the holy spirit what does he bring with him we find it in Galatians 5. But the Holy Spirit 
produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So now we don't only have peace. Because the first step, we find peace. But second step, Paul says, hey, the God of peace. The God, of, the God that brings not just peace now. He brings love, joy, patience, kindness. All the other things that we so crave. All the other things that we yearn to have. The God of peace now brings into our lives. All the other character traits that, we, that make good friends. Right? Good spouses. Good coworkers. Good citizens. Now the God of peace, God of peace brings that too. Paul is teaching us here how to access not just peace, but the God of peace himself. I'll read it again. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about Things that are excellent and praiseworthy. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard me say from me and saw me do. Then the God of peace will be with you. I got to tell you this morning that you are responsible for your thought life. You cannot abdicate that responsibility. You know, we like to blame other people for our responses. We like to put it on other people, but they did, you know, but they, 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 they. And that's, you're never going to see the fruit that you actually want in your life if you don't take responsibility for where your mind goes. Right? We have to take responsibility of how we think and the things that we're thinking about. And Paul is teaching us in Philippians 4, hey, think about the right stuff. Put into, once your, your mind is in the right place, you will put, put into practice those things that you're thinking. Now, I will, I will I'm getting ready to close. I will, do, I will um, make a, a small disclaimer. Some folks are deep in anxiety and depression, and that requires intervention. Okay, some, some folks have been dealing with anxiety and depression for a very long time, and I believe in therapy. And I believe in medicine, and I believe in all forms of aid and intervention. If it's necessary in your life, I am not here to tell you to stop. What I am here to tell you is that I believe, however, in a God that's more powerful than all of it. I believe in a God who is powerful enough to break any chain in your life. I believe in a God who is willing to do the work if you're willing to engage with him. It is an invitation always. right? I believe in a God who can break generational curses, even if your situation is, um, you know, hereditary, even if your situation is hereditary. There is no one-size-fits-all approach. But I do know from, from therapy as well, I've gotten a master's in therapy, and I understand that this that the scripture talks about is what you do in therapy. You don't call it prayer. You, you talk to a friend. Or you talk to a, counsel, you know, a counselor or you talk to somebody who um, could help you walk it out. 
But it's the same principle. It's exposing the darkness and bringing it to light and finding healing in your mind. It's the same principle. Now, prayer is always fruitful. And it may be a both-and situation for you. Now, whether God chooses to heal you through other interventions, through medicine, through a therapist, through whatever, however he chooses to heal you, practicing prayer and seeking purity of thought is always fruitful. And lastly, we'll close with the last part that Paul Paul thanks the church in Philippi for always looking out for him. And then he goes on in verse 11 to say, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know that what it is to I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We hear this verse a lot, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But I actually think that the part before that is so powerful. Contentment. In a society who really is never content, in a culture who we look around and is like, man, can you have a little gratitude for what you have? Like I, I do this all the time. I'm like talking to people and all they know how to do is complain. And, you know, and my gosh, everything's going bad, and they're victim, and like, uh, and like, if you find a little contentment, and Paul here is telling us, I've learned to be content. Contentment is not just going to show up in our lives. It is something we, after having engaged with Christ, you learn to become content. You learn to understand that whatever the world provides for you, it is not what brings contentment. It is the presence of God, the God of peace walking with you that brings contentment to your heart. Contentment is a byproduct of a relationship with God who supplies everything you need in its right season. And so there are times where you will have certain needs. There are times where you may lack in certain areas. That's because he's developing, he's producing, he's working in you what needs to be worked in. But he will supply all of your needs according to his rich riches. Right? We learn to be content, as Paul says, knowing that everything on earth is temporary and we fix our eyes on what is heavenly. We learn to be content when we know that this world is temporary. We learn contentment, understanding that things on earth are temporary, including life. The hope of a newborn follower of Jesus is not to gain this world. It's not to gather treasures on earth. But the hope of a believer is to gain treasures in heaven. To live with, hope, with the hope of eternity. To live with the, uh, the thought and the idea of being reconciled with our Father in heaven one day. While here... The best we can do is to seek to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. We live here with the hope of eternity. Amen? Amen. So that's my thought for today. I pray that as you go about your week, you think about, you're attentive to all the things that are coming to your head. All, that you're more attentive to what? What is gaining ground up here? 
Because we are people of eternity. We are followers of a God who has way more than what is right here. Right? We ought to be focused, as, as Paul teaches us, on what is heavenly. We ought to be focused on the things above. But in order to do so, we must pay attention to every little thought that is trying to gain ground in our mind. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are working in our minds. We give you access to our minds, Lord. Because I know you don't just barge in. Because I know you don't just take ground. You wait for us to give it to you. And so this morning, God, we open our minds and we open our thoughts to you. Take these thoughts that are of the enemy. Take these worries and these, con these concerns that have become anxiety. Would you take those? Take, Father, all of these can, will, maybe, possibly, all these situations, God, that are not there for our benefit. I pray, Jesus, for a healed mind. I pray for renewal of mind as you teach us, God, to renew our mind. I pray that that renewal would happen in our thoughts. God, I pray for attentive uh, minds, that we would recognize when it's of the enemy, when this arrow is not ours and it doesn't belong there. God, I also ask for a hedge of protection over us, that these arrows would not have room to bear fruit in our lives. And I thank you, Jesus, that we're people of purpose. We're people of calling. We're people with destinies. And nothing can hold us back. Not because of us, but because of what you have done on the cross for us. Jesus, you said it is finished. And we take a hold of that promise. We take a hold of the promise that the work is finished. That the healing is finished. That the work that you began in us, as you say in Philippians 1, the work that you begin in us, you will complete. God, what an assurance that is to know that you complete what you started. God, we're not failures. Thank you for that. We're not works that are abandoned, but we are being molded by the sculpture. We're being molded into Christ's likeness, God. And I just pray this morning that our minds would be fertile grounds for your work. Bear fruit in us, Lord. Use us to change this generation. Use us to change, Father, the thoughts that are rolling about in culture and in society. Use us to speak up the truth, to speak of what you have done in our lives and to speak of peace and to speak of um, love and to speak of joy and to bring into the world, Father, what the world needs, which is you. Use us to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. Oh God, what an honor it is to be a part of your kingdom. Don't let us forget. And don't let us, Father, get ungrateful or discontent with where we are. Because we know, we know that our best days are in eternity with you, Lord. And we look forward to that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you have a prayer request, a question about faith, or would like to find out more information, visit us at connectcommunity.org. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.